This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle's all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And we love talking about sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure and relationships and hope our discussions will open up your dialogue about great sex because... Great sex matters and we we all deserve it. We sure do. And for the first time ever, we're here on Facebook Live. Hello, everybody. And we're celebrating our first anniversary show broadcasting live from Voice America's world headquarters here in Phoenix. Um, But, you know, did you know that sex is the universal desire that we all have in common? And sex is our second basic instinct after survival. And as we begin to understand that sex education should include topics like sensual pleasure, stronger orgasms, better performance, and so much more, we turn to sexologists and sex therapists and sex educators to fill in the gaps. Right, and these sex experts not only work with people with sexual problems, but just as importantly, they also work with people who simply want to learn how to enhance their sex life and strengthen their relationship. A sex education is all about a lifetime continuum of learning with the goal of spicing up our sex life and living happy, healthy, and always horny. Always horny. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And today, like I said, we're celebrating our first anniversary on the air with Voice America. We've done 52 shows. We have over 200,000 listeners in over 60 countries. And here we are in Phoenix, the world headquarters of Voice America, with our executive producer, Randall Libero, owner. Uh, sorry, he's not the well, owner, the sorry. Senior producer. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, and the whole amazing Voice America team here in Phoenix celebrating with us together. Yeah, and what a year it's been. It's such a great, amazing experience Randall um, and the whole team you know we have to thank you for uh, making our show such a success and uh, in just a minute we have an amazing special guest uh, Dentamine from Sexplore with Dentamine Um, but first you know let's have a little chat with Randall about the past year and our show The Sexy Lifestyle. Well it was really an amazing experience meeting the both of you. You were part of our live broadcast from the American Film Market in November 2016, where we interviewed producers, directors, screenwriters, and the motion picture business. That's a signature event for the movie business. And I interviewed Carol and David because they were uh, uh, two people who had brought a project to AFM, and they were newbies at it. And I thought it'd be go great figure, to get, go get figure. We were newbies at something. <laughs> you know, we've been swingers forever, and we're newbies at something. Right. So I thought it'd be great to get their perspective on their experience being at the conference and what they were doing and how they were going about with their project, which I'm very happy to say is uh, looks like. Uh, you may all be potentially seeing it very soon. Uh, so it, uh, I really enjoyed their personalities, and we sat down and had lunch. Uh, just talked over. I was actually having lunch, uh, and uh, I just their the charm of who they are and what they do. They kind of won me over, and I decided to ask them to 
come on board Voice American and start with the show. In January of last year is when they started, and I'm every month I watch their listeners go up and up and up, and their connections grow and grow around the world. And I'm happy to say that they are one of our top programs on the network right now, having reached more than, uh, well, around 200,000 listeners over the course of the first year on Voice America. So it just shows you the power of internet radio which by uh, uh, people who rate internet radio, is, is a, internet radio is a lifestyle activity for more than half of the United States right now in terms of people's, in terms of a cultural impact. So we here at Voice America create original shows, sometimes from the ground up like Carolyn David's, and put people on the air and have them build uh, you know, a following and audiences and communities around their ideas and themes of what they do. And we've spoken many times about um, the need for a show like ours, um, which is based on education. And um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about you know, how uh, we have uh, something in the works uh, that is about um, bringing more sexual education to our listeners. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Voice America and the standards and um, the, the, the type of shows that are on the network, uh, including ours, which brings real quality programming to your listeners. Thank you, David. Uh, Voice America was the original uh, internet radio network, and uh, we started in 1999. We've been on air about 18 years with original live shows. What makes us stand out is that we combine the traditional old style of radio, which is a live format on a schedule, so you can listen to shows at a certain time during the day, just like right now, it's 5 p.m. Uh, here in Arizona at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And then follow those shows on demand, and let's play them back wherever you are, whatever device you have, wherever you are in the world. So we have a live delivery of shows, and then people can access them whenever they want, however they want, after the fact. And we go through a process at Voice America and building a show. We don't do a podcast. We are a live radio that is then turned around as an on-demand or podcast, which is just a playback uh, form of radio. But we really take the time to craft and style and format and create a show that not only has audience appeal, but also knows its market and can talk to that market and expand beyond just being a radio show into many other areas. As you know today, everything is connected to media in some form or other, and it is the predominant way that people meet and connect in our culture today is through media. It is. It is absolutely. Absolutely. Is. So when we first met at the AFM and you invited us to have our own radio show, did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into no. with the sexy lifestyle? <laughs> I have to be very honest. You enlightened me to um, people who were into a certain type of lifestyle and a, uh, a business market that I was completely unaware of existed. Uh, I was, you know, I, I don't kind of live in this world and travel the circles that you do. Um, and I thought, you know, well, I just kind of do what I do. I've been, I've, you know, my wife and I have been married for almost 25 years. So I've forgotten most of the things I used to think about when I was <laughs> single. <laughs> but we still have a healthy sexual relationship. And I have two grown children uh, who are in their early 20s. And um, so, you know, I really enjoyed learning so many new things and trying, and, uh, trying things because... 
I have my wife listen to the show. Actually, when we're, when <laughs> we're in known. bed listening, we play back. I said, you got to hear the show and what they said. And my wife and I share a very similar sense of humor. Yeah. So she appreciates your humor and the entertainment value of your show. And a few times you really got her laughing pretty hard about something. She didn't expect that you would say what you said, especially David. So. Well, one of the things that so we try it's, it's to do. It's a lot of fun. We definitely try to make it fun. And uh, we like to bring out things so people don't know what they don't know until they listen to our show like you. And right. hopefully they're learning something every time they do. So, Rhonda, we're going to ask you to stick around because okay. we have um, the amazing Dentamine who's going to um, expand, uh, explore a whole <laughs> bunch of uh, sexual uh, discussions uh, that we've had with her in the past and talk a little bit about the need for uh, more and better sexual education out there. But First, we're going to remind everybody that this is a sexy lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And now we're so excited to introduce our special guest, the, the wonderful person that she is, and she's become a really super good friend of ours, Dentamine from Sixplore with Dentamine. She's a passionate and compassionate sexologist with a deep desire to transform taboos, stigmas, and stigmas into self, self sorry, sexual self empowerment. Then started a pleasure revolution to change the world one orgasm at a time. Then we're so honored to have you here for our first anniversary show. We love you. We miss you. You know, we know you're in Mexico, and welcome once again to the sexy lifestyle. Oh, I'm so excited! I just can't stop coming to your show. Oh, <laughs> pun intended, huh? <laughs> I always have fun, and that's what I think. That's what sexual education should be—a space to play, a space to to laugh, a space to be open and vulnerable to learn. And my connection to you two has been that—a wonderful journey of learning and connecting with each other and all the other people who listen to us. So I'm excited to be part of this one-year anniversary. Hello, everybody. Yes, thank you so much. I want to get started and dive right in. I want you to explain to us what is a sexologist. <laughs> <laughs> what is a sexologist and um, how do you become a sexologist? Well, a sexologist is a person who researches, studies, and works in the area of human sexuality. So a sexologist like anything in sex is not a one-size-fits-all. Um, every sexologist does their work different. Some of them decide to go into academia and just do research and teach. Others decide to do policy work and work in governments or non-governmental organizations. Um, some of us like to have private clinical practices where we do clinical sexology, which means counseling, whether it's talk therapy, drama therapy, arts therapy but it's based in, in, uh, in sexuality. And a lot of us like to do uh, sexual education. So whether it be seminars or workshops, blogs, um, videos, anything that, um, that connects people to themselves and sexuality. Now, are sexologists doctors? Sex, well, here's the thing. Some sexologists can be physicians. So like I said, a sexologist is is anybody who studies or works in the era of human sexuality and they can also be physicians and they could also be nurses or they could also be teachers. So it all depends on what kind of degrees you have, which goes back to your to your other question. How do you become a sexologist? Um, there's different ways. Some people are more grassroots oriented and they can 
be sexologists because they study when they're within their own traditional communities because not everything is about formal education right you might find some indigenous sexologists who have gone through years and years of training um maybe not in an accredited school but through throughout their own knowledge-based system and then there's other folks who actually go through university and do degrees in uh, human sexuality all the way from undergraduate to master's to phd level i i studied the sexual anthropology back in the day and then uh, from from doing a degree in sexual anthropology I did a master's in gender and peace building and geared my career more towards policy in the United Nations doing sexual and reproductive health and rights and doing sexual education in, in refugee camps or in women's groups working in the Women's National Commission in, in London, UK and after that I decided that I want to do a little bit of counseling so I did a postgraduate degree on in sex therapy but didn't actually like sex therapy so decided that I wanted to create a whole new um, way of doing counseling in my own social justice way. So I kept on going to school and then finally um, got board certified, sort of like physicians, <laughs> okay. uh, in the American College of Sexologists in, in California. Amazing. So and after doing interviews and reference letters and colleagues and this and that, uh, just like a physician, I got board certified. So now you have your brand Sexplore and you have this concept called a unique hub of sexual innovation. And you know, we've known you, we've been on vacation with you, we've spoken to you many times, and you are definitely a very innovative sexologist. Um, let's go into what makes you unique. unique. I've actually thought about it because a lot of people ask me what makes you unique and I think that there's this deep desire to connect with the people that I work with because I work in so many different ways. I can either do seminars where I'm only doing sort of like a lecture or I can do hands-on workshops where I'm actually touching people's bodies and teaching them um, exactly how to do things by by touching their bodies and showing them or private sessions by by taking couples and, and, and doing it on them and having the spouse learn that way. So there are so many different ways to teach and learn that I think that what makes me unique is that I understand everybody's unique needs and come close to wherever they are in their journey and try to teach them or connect to them in a way that they will understand. Not in, I'm, not, I'm not the expert per se. I understand that the people that I'm working with are the experts in their own selves and I need to speak their language in order for them to unlock their own wisdom. Right. And I think that in and of itself is a social innovation or a sexual innovation to recognize the power within within other people, get close to that and unlock it for them is just what I think makes me innovative. Right, and, and we've seen you at work and we, we've spoken to you before and so much of your work um, re revolves around sexual self-empowerment, which is exactly what you're saying, where um, you know, you're know you all about the person and each one being different and unique and making them find their own sexuality. Sure, because you can't speak the same way to people who are kinky, like in the BDSM community. It's all about anthropology here. To people who are in the lifestyle um, community who are swingers, to people who consider themselves vanilla, every every group of people has their own subculture and you have to use different language uh, for each one of them even if you're teaching them the same concept or even if you're talking to them or having conversations about the same subjects the language that you use is completely different so all your studies with anthropology is really coming to play here as you understand the different groups of people and how to speak to them individually 
That's it. The thing is, as we're speaking about sexual education today, I have become the person or the sexologist I am because of all the different disciplines that I have learned about. Every single one of them has given me tools to understand the same thing in different ways. So I'm Jewish. A lot of people don't know that and a lot of people do. And I think that the, the best way that I could explain it is through a dreidel. You know, when it's Hanukkah and we light the candles, we play with, play with a dreidel that has many different sides to itself. It's, it's one object with many different sides. And I think that all the disciplines that I have studied give me that new perspectives to the same thing. It just depends which way I spin it. Wow, Amazing. that's a very nice way to put it. All right, we're going to ask you to hang on for one second. We're going to remind everybody that this is a sexy lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And today we're broadcasting from the headquarters of Voice America in Phoenix, Arizona. And with us today we have um, Randall Ibero, our executive producer, and we've been having a great discussion with Dentamine from Sexplore with Dentamine. And coming up more, uh, coming up soon is more about her specialty sex education classes that she offers to enhance your sex life. So please stay tuned. So, this segment of The Sexy Lifestyle is sponsored by Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Throw it down and get it on. The Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket is made with an all-new cool-touch fleece technology that provides the softest playscape while the stay-dry inner barrier keeps your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. And, and when you're done, just throw it in the wash for a fast and easy cleanup while you enjoy the afterglow of great sex in a clean, warm environment. Large enough to cover a king-size bed and light enough to fold up small to travel discreetly so you can get it on anytime and anywhere the mood strikes. So maximize your orgasms and just let go with the Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Go to thesexylifestyle.com and get yours today because great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And today, for our first anniversary show, we're broadcasting live from the world headquarters of Voice America in Phoenix. And we're chatting with sexologist Dentamine from Sexplore with Dentamine. Now, let's get on with our discussion about that important topic of sex education. So, Dan, tell us in your own words why it's important that people continue to sexplore their sexuality. The moment you stop learning is the moment you lose curiosity wisdom is at every step of the way no matter if you're 15 and just starting 30 and feel mature in your body 50 and experiencing changes or 70 and thinking that you're done <laughs> it doesn't matter what age you are learning is the key to knowledge and knowledge is power and you know we are swingers we've been swingers for 10 years and it's incredible when we go on vacation and we've been on many with you and we've been to your workshops how even swingers sometimes think they get it but you always find a way to show them something they don't know i think it's my curiosity you know because i i understand that i don't know everything i'm also constantly learning from conversations with different people from getting on shows from reading, from just experiencing life. Even even the sexologist has bad sex sometimes. Even the sexologist goes through periods of depression or an illness or hard family stuff, you know? Like we, I'm a human being that is constantly learning based on the experiences I have in life. I'm not, a lot of people ask me, oh my God, you must have great sex all the time and you must, I don't. I'm just like 
you or the person listening uh, to our show. I'm, I'm just somebody that is open to understanding that I'm I'm always learning. Yeah, and we, we always say, you know, relationships are hard work and sexuality, you have to work at it as well. Um, but when you work at it and when you listen and when you learn, it just makes it so much more enjoyable and pleasurable. Well, sometimes it's work and sometimes it's not. What you need to understand is that it's a journey. You can't stop the journey forever, right? The journey keeps on going. It's not about the destination. So sometimes it's work, sometimes it it isn't. But but it's definitely a journey. And and, and the journeys to your desires are infinite and and different, right? Yeah, and you know a lot of this talk is abstract. Well, I'd like you to get into some of those real topics that you teach in your classes. What people can really learn specifically when they take different classes with you. There's classes all the way from communication, so how to hook up. Swingers think that um, they're the most confident people and they can hook up and with anybody. And a lot of them can, but some of them can't close the deal. So communication techniques on how to close the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, how to overcome jealousy, because that's a green eye monster that um, bites a lot of us. Even, in the, I, even people who say they're not jealous, sometimes uh, their insecurity or something flares up and they're like, oh my God, what is that little pang that I'm feeling? Jealousy. Right. So techniques on how to overcome uh, jealousy performance anxiety which is a huge taboo in in every community because masculinity is at its most and 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 men get really shy about talking about the fact that they can't get an erection or that they lose an erection so how do we talk about it and how do we actually overcome performance anxiety and for women it just doesn't show right i've told people we have the same sexual organs organized differently. Some have innies and some have outies. Right. So for the women that have innies, performance anxiety, not getting an erection doesn't show, but we freeze. Yeah. So we might not be feeling the orgasm and we might be faking it. And, and, and that's a type of performance anxiety that we rarely talk about, but that is very common. Um, and then I do um, workshops that are more technique-based, like squirting and coming how to how to stimulate your prostate to have amazing prostate orgasms or how to stimulate the g-spot to have amazing g-spot orgasms or how to give a good blow job or how to eat eat, uh, eat out a woman or tantra and tao which are more uh, spiritual sacred practices so a wide variety of, of topics so yeah. before we get into you know a, a couple of more of your workshops um, let's take a minute now and talk about the largest and biggest and most important sex organ in the body which is the brain and how that really has an influence on great sex Actually, there's two organs, that, and one's a little bit larger than the brain. You'd be surprised, the skin. Oh, <laughs> right, oh, okay. yes, yes. Okay, go Very on. Very important, go ahead. Well, there you go. It's about, see, that's the difference sometimes. We have the brain, and we have the, we have the skin, and I think that's how I usually explain sex to people. We have the sensual, and we have the erotic, and the erotic is our minds, is our brain, right? It's the things that we imagine, the way that psychologically we'll, we're, we're built and connected for sex, what we what we desire, what we imagine, uh, what we eroticize about. And then there's essential, which is our skin, our five senses, touch, smell, um, hear, see. Um, taste. So taste, <laughs> right? So those are, yeah, those are the Yummy. five senses. And, mm-hmm. and that's all about the skin, how we feel, how we feel sensations. Now when the skin talks to, or when the sensual talks to the erotic, you're talking about the different sensations that we feel and how that translates through our nerve endings to our brain and how our brain translates that into an erotic experience. 
And so if someone wanted to get a good idea of what your workshops are all about, could you walk us through the sensuality and how you set it up and what we could expect if we were going to one of your workshops? Sure, I'm going to take the Tantra one, for example, because I always go for the squirting one. I know that a lot of people really like the squirting one, uh, but lately I've seen a, I've seen a lot of people also come to the Tantra one, and I think that's a really great um, example. The Tantra and Taoist workshop, it's all about how it becomes a sensual space. So the way that the room is set up, uh, the lighting, right? Obviously, in ships, we can't have um, open flame. <laughs> so we have to. Yeah, we can. Um, so we dim down the lights. But if I'm in a convention where that's not a problem, then I'll put some I'll put some candles. Perhaps if we're not in a ship, we can also put some incense. So that takes care of the visual and the smell. Uh, the types of, uh, of uh, fabric that we lay down on the mattresses can also create for a touchy, sensual experience. So it's how the room looks, how it feels, how it smells. It's about the environment, and I and I do this for people because I want them to take that and bring it back to their homes. You can really create a sensual environment in your in your home, and it doesn't mean let's build a dungeon in the basement. No, exactly. Right? Some people don't have time for that. It could just mean, you know, let's dim down the lights, not turn them off completely. Maybe light a candle, have a specific incense, create a different mood. Now, what people don't know is that that's actually a ritualistic sexual activity because the moment that you go from a mundane space to one that is a little bit more special, you're sort of crossing a line. You're going into a limbo space that is actually sacred. Even when we're, let's say that we're having a birthday party and the cake comes out. There's a moment when the cake comes out, when the the, the, the candles are lit, that everybody sort of quiets down so the person can ask for a wish before we start singing happy birthday that's a liminal moment we went from a mundane activity to where everybody's going quiet and it's a little sacred space and you can actually do that in sex as well in your rooms and that's actually a kuduwashka practice it's it's about ritual and we've already brought in sacred sexuality in two minutes just to your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Absolutely. And when you give your um, tantric classes, you continue that feeling throughout your discussion and your voice and in your in your practice? Yeah, because at the beginning what I do, I always do this in all of my workshops. The, the first hour, I, I teach the techniques. So I teach the breathing techniques. I talk to them about the chakras. I talk to them about ritual. It's more about the learning, right? Uh, what am I telling them that is different? The second part, though, they have to take everything they learned in the first hour and actually experience it and go ahead and do the ritual. So I will guide them through a meditation or a tantric journey. I will take them on a, on a journey and we will do ritual. So everything that they learned, they actually have to do and experience. And what kind of experience? Like, give us an example. So I'll give you an example. I turn down the lights and I, I love this. I ask people to close their eyes and start walking in the space and I'll put on beautiful, beautiful music and I'll guide them through a meditation of saying goodbye to their partners with their eyes closed, walking around the room, concentrating on touching their bodies themselves and I'll tell them to reconnect to who they were before they had met their partner. What were their moments of sexual awakening? What are their bodies feeling like? I want them to, I want them to connect to themselves. And as they're doing that and walking around the room with their eyes closed, as the music starts coming in, I ask them to start dancing, to do some authentic movement, which is a Taoist practice. 
movement brings about and 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 transforms energy. So I ask them to start dancing around the room. Once I get their bodies moving and the energy flowing, I ask them to start visualizing their partners, to think about what they their partners look like the first time they saw them naked, to bring and call their energy. Once they start visualizing the partners, still with their eyes closed, I ask them to find their partners. Just because they are thinking about each other with their eyes closed and calling upon their energies, every single person ends up finding their partners with their eyes closed. Wow, wow. that's so Very cool. cool. Wow. Once wow. they do that, I ask them to go to their own stations, which are mattresses that are prepared for each one of them. And then they get to go into a tantric ritual. I will still, this, the music will still be going on and I will ask them and guide them through breathing exercises. So I'll, I'll tell them, please go to the bottom breath and open each other's root chakra. And so slowly they start undressing each other and they get to a point where it's clothing optional. They can they can be naked or not. They choose, but they close the curtains to their station, and then they have a little cocoon of being with their own partners in a group shared space. So it's kind of like a group activity, but also in the privacy of their own little beautiful sexual, sensual, um, sexy cocoon. And I continue to guide them through the ritual of all the techniques that they learned before, and that goes on for about an hour. Wow. wow. And do they actually come to fruition and orgasm at the end? All of them do okay. in their own way. Okay. And that's what I like about sexuality, that everybody finds their own orgasm. No couple will orgasm the same. And that's the beauty about the Tantra Taoist class. And the, the beauty about sexuality, one size doesn't fit all. I can be teaching the same thing to every single person, and they will experience it in a different way. And the way they experience it for themselves is the right way. So a lot of people will will come to orgasm in one way and a lot of people will come to orgasm in another way. But in the end, the energy that you feel in the room is so powerful. I've had men crying at the end when we do the closing circle, when I ask everybody to come back to the circle. I've had men crying, women shaking, saying that they feel so much more deeply connected to themselves, to their partners and to the group that it's incredible. It's magical. I always close all of my all of my weeks, all of my conventions with, with that particular workshop because it's it's actually my favorite one. People think that the squirting one is my favorite one, but, yeah. but this is my favorite one. Sure. Right. Squirting okay. might be your most popular yeah. one, <laughs> exactly. though. Exactly. All right. Uh, then just hang on for a second. We're going to remind everyone this is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. It's time for a short break. When we come back, we're going to do some myth-busting with Jeff and Dan, so stay tuned. Sorry, segment. Randall and Ben. <laughs> I was going to correct you. Sorry, I saw the elbow over here. It's all good. We're here with, I was going to do a private apology, here, but it's okay. It's okay. We, are have, we know Randall's sitting here and Ben's in Mexico. Okay. So let's go on. Read okay. the commercial. Here we go. Yeah, this segment busy. of The Sexy Lifestyle is sponsored by the SDC Erotic Escapade to the island of Crete in Greece, April 28th to May 3rd. If you've ever attended an SDC takeover event, then you know what the amazing job they do creating the ultimate erotic setting. SDC has been hosting Swinger Travel since 2006, and they showcase sexy, fun couples from around the world, offering sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms. The opportunities are endless. They also offer amazing sexologists like Dan Tamim. <laughs> Absolutely. So join us in Crete at the crossroads of Africa, Asia, and Europe. This sexy Grecian playground is an all-inclusive five-star resort where, you're, where you'll experience Greek hospitality at, at its best. Book this SDC sex capade by checking out our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for all the details. 
All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and now it's time for some truths about sex therapy. So, so here's our sexy myth-busting game. Each show, we invite our sexpert guests to bust a few sexy myths to help us filter through some misinformation that we find on the internet, especially when it comes to the topic of sex. All right, Randall, we're going to put you on the spot here a little okay. bit. Then, are you ready? I'm ready, Randall, are you? I'm as ready as I'm going to get. He's nervous and shaking. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Okay, I, I'm going to start with the first one, okay? All right. All right. Sex therapy means you have to have sex in front of the therapist. Randall? Is that a truth uh, or a myth? That's probably a myth. Then? So, in sex therapy, <laughs> now, in sex therapy, you will not be having sex in front of the therapist. That's why I did not go into sex therapy because usually colleges and associations um, that have to uh, accredit sex therapists do not want people to be nude in front of their therapists, let alone be having sexual relations in front of their therapist. That's why sex therapists usually work with sex surrogates or sex coaches that can work together. Now, if you're talking about a sexologist, that is different. Perhaps, right? You perhaps. Might, yes, not every, perhaps. Like I said, not every sexologist does it the same way. And it depends but, where you um, are, a lot right? Of sexolog- Sorry? It depends where you are as well. Like it on a cruise ship or on a hotel takeover or in your office. Or in my office. Well, actually, sometimes my office becomes the the room of my clients, right? Depending on the type of work that I'm doing and once they've signed consent and waiver forms, it's it's something that I can be doing. It's it's a practice of sex coaching. So the, the myth about um, or the, the thing about people having sex in front of their sex therapists is actually true. They won't be having sex in front of their sex therapists, but they could be having sex in front of other sexual professionals. Okay, cool. very cool. All right. Do you want now, to pick another one for Randall? I Go got for this it. one. Right. <laughs> um, sex therapy is only for people who have serious problems with sex. Mm, I'd say that's probably false. Dan? That is false. Sex therapy is for anybody that either is having an obstacle in their lives or wants to learn something new or wants to connect at a deeper level and just doesn't know how to do it, right? Or wants to explore something new. Very cool. Here's one more here. Randall, what about this one? If I already know how to satisfy my wife, why would I want to uh, attend a sex workshop? He's <laughs> his eyes are like he just saw a deer in oh, his God. headlights. <laughs> That's the eyes that I get uh, from all the husbands when their wives wife. bring <laughs> <laughs> What do you think then? What do you think I'm going to answer? Absolutely. Because everybody has something new to learn even right. if you're in, even if you right. think you're doing the technique in the best way possible there is always something that you can learn and that's that's a huge problem for men, right? Because they're socialized to think that they don't need to learn about sex. Sex is something that comes natural to us. And if you're a, a man, you should know how to pleasure your woman. And who is going to go have to learn about that, right? That's something that men grow up constantly listening to. So when their wives usually sign them up for a class, they come begrudgingly with, I don't need to learn anything. I already pleasure my wife well enough. Don't you think, honey? And the wives are desperate. They're like, but you can learn something different and you can learn something new. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a matter of socialization. And after the class, they're all happy and they're like, when can we sign up for the next? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had to get her warmed up. My wife's already saying, Let's t- I'm going to talk first. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the next, the next myth is workshops are for couples only. 
What do you would think, you, Would you go yourself, Randall, or would you go with your wife? Uh, I'd rather go with my wife. Dan? <laughs> well, there's different kind of workshops. There's workshops for couples, right? And that's because you want to deepen the intimacy. And then there's workshops for individuals who are either not in a couple, that maybe they're in a polyamorous relationship where they bring their other significant others, or they're single. And what are we going to do? Not teach sex ed to single people? It can't be that way. It's, no. or, or they're not single, but they just don't want to learn it with their partners. Sex workshops are for whoever wants to go to them. Just make sure that you go to the appropriate one. If you go to a couple's one and you're single or you're just one solo person, you're not going to get the most out of it. If you go to a workshop that is not designed for couples and you go as a couple, you will probably also not get the most out of it. Because in workshops that are not designed for couples, usually the focus is how to connect to yourself better. Mm. Not how to connect to your partner better. Right, exactly. Okay, Mm. here's another one, Randall. My sexual issues are too complex for anyone to help me, so I can't go to a sex therapist. Is so anything is, too is complex? True, too, I would, yeah, no, I don't think anything's too complex. I think people have, uh, you know, I think maybe they're just embarrassed or, or not sure or afraid to admit it or whatever. I mean, I'd, I'd go to a, 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 some kind of an education if I, if I felt there was a, a real true need for it in my relationship but after listening to your show for a long time I figured you know what I'd, why don't I try something else you know, <laughs> yeah. I can learn something I'm not you know I'm not too old a dog or <laughs> something then well the thing is that nothing is too complex when we are in the middle of it when we're in the middle of whatever issue we're going through we usually feel that it's so much more complex and that's why we actually need the support from somebody on the outside to help us guide, to, to help us or support us to guide through until the complexity of whatever we're living becomes something simple and manageable. Mm-hmm. And that's why you go to people who are professionals in their field, whether they're sex therapists or sexologists or sexual counselors or sex coaches, who are going to be able to have a different perspective on whatever you're going through. And if you didn't connect to the right professional, that might be too complex for them. You just need to keep on looking and refer to the person that is going to be able to work in the way that you work. So nothing is too complex for you to not be able to solve it. All right, last myth. Answer. <laughs> yes, last myth. The best place to do a sex workshop is on vacation without the kids. So Randall, if you were on vacation with your wife without the kids, would you go to one of Den's workshops? Sure, oh yeah. So I, do you I, think I, it'd be easier if you're on vacation rather than you know getting in the car, driving downtown and going to her <laughs> office? It, yeah, I'd feel, I'd feel, I think I'd be more open to doing it that way rather than kind of what's, it's going to like a business appointment. I, I'd rather it be on vacation, so yeah. Then so. Do, do, your, do your people, um, the couples on vacation, are they more relaxed, more open to listening and learning than the ones that um, you see at your practice? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but no. No, mm. no. Actually, the thing is that not everybody can afford to either go on a vacation or have the time to go on a vacation. Now, people that go on vacations are obviously going to be a little bit more relaxed, but what is really a vacation? If you get into the mindset that for two hours, like let's say Oasis that you just uh, went to last week, right? Yeah. You can go to Oasis and already feel like for the time that you're there, you're on a little mini vacation. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay, I get it. Do you know, away. so the vacation, the vacation is the okay. mood. Now, going on these cruises, that's like going to Disneyland. It's like out of this world, right? Because everything is going to be geared for you to have a sensual, sexy, 
fun experience. Mm-hmm. But if you can't cut the time to go to that, even if you're driving in traffic and you decide that you want to go somewhere, going to Oasis or going to a workshop that is going to shift the mood is good enough. It's about how you're feeling. Now, would I recommend on going on any of the cruises and the conventions? Of course, because everybody that is there is going to be in the same mood. Now, everybody in the city might not be in the same mood. Mm-hmm. So everything changes. It's like sex. There are so many different flavors. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. That was an amazing answer to the end of our myth-busting game. Thanks, uh, Randall and Dan, <laughs> for um, that great advice. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And today... Randall, you did great. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, you know... He's sweating. I, the, last, the last answer that you gave to the last question... Question, it it um, I got something out of that because I realized that that if I say for example if I went to an event or went to an office here in Phoenix not an event but just an office to go learn something then right away uh, I'm home and I feel that um, it's more it's more direct to me it's more personal if I'm out on a mm-hmm. vacation then I'm with a lot of other people and there's a lot more going on but I think I get more out of it going to a private session so you made a really good point about that but it's like right now right mm-hmm. how many people are listening to us right imagine that there's couples that have just taken a moment an hour out of their days to listen to this program where we're uh, talking about so many different things and throwing in educational bits and pieces for that hour they're not connected to anything else but our, but but to us and to all the other listeners that are out there. So even even this radio show is special in the way that it's creating a little bit of time for yourself to be connected in a different way. Where you can think Very about lots point. of different things and, mm-hmm. and have a different attitude and, and look at things in a different light. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're here today in our first anniversary show, and we're broadcasting live from the world's headquarters of Voice America in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're chatting with sexologist Dentamine from Sexplore with Dentamine. And now we get to our favorite part of the show, where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We absolutely do. And we're such a huge fan of Dentamine for many reasons, but one of it, one reason is really about her passion to share her passion about sex. And I'm sure you've been hearing that passion with every word she's been speaking for the last 45 minutes. And she's such an advocate for why great sex matters. So let's start with you helping us understand why it's so important for couples to stretch their limits and step out of their comfort zone because there's exploring when you step now there's a difference between stepping out of your comfort zone and crossing a boundary i never want anybody to feel like they're crossing any of their boundaries in terms of sex stepping out of your comfort zone means that you're open and curious about trying something that you haven't tried before that might feel a little uncomfortable because of your insecurity or your vulnerability and being open to the experience of something new. And everybody should do that. And and you can be supported by your partner or supported by a group of friends or supported by a professional to be able to have the safe space because you need that in order to step out of your comfort zone. In order to have the safe space, you need to trust to be vulnerable. And and every everybody should look for that, should be able to do that. Because then you'll learn, you'll, you'll, you'll grow, you'll be sexually self-powered. And how does that help couples strengthen their bond together? 
when you try something new with somebody and you become vulnerable to tell them, this is a little out of my comfort zone. I'm feeling insecure. It creates a certain intimacy, right? There's a there's a deeper connection of knowing that somebody is trusting you with a vulnerability. Somebody's trying something new for the very first time with you. There's something special about that. There's there's an intimacy that that gets created that you can then nourish every single time that you're doing that. Even if it's not the new thing anymore, you will always have that. So we might have lost Den for just a few <laughs> <Yeah>. seconds. <laughs> international connection. Uh-huh. And she is calling in from Mexico, so I hope we're able to get her back online. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about stretching our limits and getting out of our comfort zone. But in the meantime, we can talk a little bit about what we get to learn when we're on vacation. Every time we make a goal of what we're going to do new when we're on vacation right, together. We always set our limits Ooh. and our expectations. And then we practice what we preach. We get there and we try to do exactly what we've planned by trying something new every time. And even though we've been in the lifestyle for 10 years, there's always new things to try. We are. And that's why we go to workshops like Dan and Dr. Jess and um, those, those sexologists and sexperts out there who always have something new to teach us. And like I said earlier, you know, even though we're swingers and we have sex and we have lots of sex and we have sex with other people, there's still... You don't want to get into that stale, same old, same old, and you want to keep learning. And I mean, sometimes that learning is how you communicate better. And if you communicate better, you have better sex as well because you we do that replay, which is after you know we've had sex and we love foursomes and morsums. How what you saw and what I saw, and you know we saw somebody else doing it, and maybe we'll try that. Uh, we together. love talking about sex, so that's just a turn on and in general for us. It is. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things. Well, is well, the body changes, right? The body, the body also changes. So even if you're, you're not going to have sex the same way when you were when you were thirty than when you're fifty or sixty, right? So even if there's a favorite position that you used to do twenty years ago, as our bodies age and change, or maybe there's an illness, we are going to have to learn that same thing. Again, in a new yeah, way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, so then now tell us a little bit how role play and fantasy, fantasies um, help enhance a couple's sex life. Well, fantasies tap into our own. It, it's, it's a way of bringing the unconscious to a conscious, right? It's the way of accepting our, our desires. Usually fantasies are a, are a way of us being able to express our deepest desires in the most vulnerable way and become children again. <laughs> Have Remember fun with it. When we were it. little, yeah. And, and it was uh, Christmas or Hanukkah time or your birthday and you were really, really, really young and you got like this huge doll, let's say, or this huge set of something and it came in a, in a big box. And for the first hour, you would play with whatever was in the box. But afterwards, you would grab the box and the box would, could become like a surgery table, <laughs> exactly. a, a, a space shuttle, a cash register, whatever you wanted it, right? So it was... It was exactly that, using your imagination and fantasy to create whatever you wanted out of that box. And so role-playing and dressing up and fantasy allow us to do that with our sex life. So we're like little children using our imaginations to bring our deepest desires and wishes to real life. Yeah, and what, we had a discussion just recently with somebody about the lifestyle and what it's all about and the swinging lifestyle that Dave and I are in. And one of the things that he noted was that it's just so much fun. And it's all about feeling like a kid again. And I think that's one of the things that Dave and I love the most about dressing up Keeps and doing those things is because it's just fun. Exactly. Beca we become playful again, right? Right. We, we have the space 
to become playful, to improvise. Sex becomes something that you improvise, that is playful, that you laugh about, that you dress up, that you that you do you do awkward stuff like <laughs> yeah. dress like a pirate, you know, or yeah. or, or dress or like a, a mermaid, <laughs> or a we mermaid, or whatever. All. And then you're like, oh my god, how do mermaids have sex? Like, <laughs> let's try this. What the fi- and, and sex doesn't become something serious anymore. All of a sudden, you're cracking jokes and you're trying to see where the fin will go, mm-hmm. or if you can if you can stroke the scales or you know like right. it just becomes fun we become we become cardboard boxes on the end now yeah. i know i know there's listeners out there saying this all sounds great but my life is so busy i have no time to do all this how can i find time in my busy life to balance my kids my work my relationship and have great sex how do how do they get away and escape a little bit and clear their mind so they can get this great sex going and have fun in the most unsexy way which is you schedule it <laughs> <laughs> yep i'm serious a lot of couples that come to me that's their biggest excuse oh i'm so busy oh the kids oh the grocery oh my yep. project oh mm-hmm. work oh this or that and i'm like how do you how do you multitask and moms are great Moms, they pull out the calendars and they're like, That's soccer right. practice and this and yeah. that. And I'm like, how, how? And they're like, well, I actually, I can multitask because I schedule it. I have a tight schedule. I have my calendar. I know where I'm going to be at what time. And I'm like, why don't you just put sex in there? Somewhere in there, we make time for sex. And they're like, oh. So in the, the most unsexy way can become the sexiest because once you schedule it and you create time in your life and your busy, hectic life, you prioritize it. Mm-hmm. People uh, in their calendars, when they put it in their calendar, it becomes a priority in our busy lives. And I just want to say, it's okay to schedule it, but also put some thought into it. You know, it's not just, okay, we're going to have sex at 7 o'clock. Let's get into the bedroom. You take off your clothes. You take off your clothes. Let's get on the bed. Let's fuck in the missionary position, and we're done. You know, put up some candles. Put some ambiance. Put on something mm-hmm. sexy. Take a shower. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. put a bit of effort into it. So scheduling, it doesn't just mean we're going to fuck, fuck, fuck. But it has, no. it has to be time, the two of you or the three of you or the four of you, <laughs> however you want to do it, together and it becomes an important part of your day. Absolutely. Or the only one, right? It doesn't right. always have to be about sex right. with another person right. because because having sex with yourself is also incredibly important. Mm-hmm. You can't connect with your partner the same way if you're not connecting with yourself first. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. I so, can attest to that as far as scheduling date night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes. yeah absolutely. Are, those are essential. So now it's time to close out a little bit and we're going to ask you to give us some real advice. I think we've got two minutes to spend on this. What would you say would be the top two things that a couple could do tonight to reignite their passion and it's explore each other and start having having some great sex that they deserve. Become vulnerable and communicate. I think those are the first two things that you need to do. Become vulnerable to say, this is something that is not happening that I want to happen. This is something I wish could happen more. This is something I really want to happen. So once you become vulnerable and connect to your own desires, and then you communicate them to your partner, you would be amazed at what fireworks you can have. And what if you're afraid to say what you're really feeling? that's when you are not communicating with your partner then you have to become even more vulnerable and ask yourself why mm-hmm. you're not that's a hard question why am i not able to communicate with my partner well, right and you want to tell them i'm really having a hard time but i want you to sit in quietly and listen to what i have to say and get it out right the most important thing is to somehow find a way to tell your partner how you're feeling exactly but it's not only about speaking right it takes two or more to tango 
It's about how you're being heard. People usually say, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. And I'm like, no, you do know what you're saying. The thing is, it's your partner who's not listening. So communication is a, is a two-way street. It's about how you say it and who the person listening to you is how they're hearing it. And just, and just a quick one-minute answer to this then. But what if you open up to your vulnerabilities and your partner says, yeah, I'm not really into that. Like, I know that's about communication, but how can they either overcome it or find that middle ground? I'm going to say something really fast. Don't yuck my yum. Mm-hmm. Don't yuck other people's yum. You know, that might not be your thing, but the way that you communicate about how that yum is not yours doesn't have to be in a yucky way. And But you can maybe find a way to compromise, and even if it's something you don't really want to do, but find a way to uh, satisfy Never your- take that. Nope. Never take one for the team. Find a way where whatever activity the other person wants to do becomes appealing to you, but never compromise. Because if you take one for the team, you're going to build resentment. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's don't yuck my yum, and don't take one for the team. But how do you find, it's kind of like a Venn diagram, where do you find the common spaces? Ask questions. What does that mean to you? How do you want to do it? What does that do for you? Amazing. And, yeah. and see if there's spaces that you can that you can connect to. So don't yuck other people's yum. Don't because that's shaming. Once yeah. you yuck, you shame. Yes. And when you shame, you close all all doors. Right, absolutely. And don't take one for the team. All right, that is exactly the way I think we should end the show. An amazing show. Our first anniversary show. We've had an amazing discussion about the need for continuous sex education. Dan, once again, thank you so much. Take a minute now to tell everyone how they can reach out to you. Well, I'm really excited that we went from burping and farting to crawling. (laughs) 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 I hope that I can continue to walk with you too because I I just love you. Uh, Ways people can find me are um, through my website, www.sexplore.com with dentemin.com and I'm sure that they can find that either in the Facebook page or on your on your website um, and, and in my w- website there's going to be tons of information about upcoming trips like you said cruises that I go to conventions and my own amazing personal retreat that I hold every year in October November in Mexico during Day of the Dead week where we get to go to a beautiful town of Tepoztlan and engage and deepen the connection for a week, which I'm hoping David and Carol are coming to we next are absolutely year. We're absolutely coming. We'll be there. It is booked, and we're going to talk about that more in upcoming shows. So, wow. Dan, thanks so much. Thank uh, you, everybody. All right. And keep on having orgasms, because this is a pleasure revolution. It is. So we're learning more and more every week with our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. Go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, on the radio show guest page, and you'll see all our amazing sexperts. Look them up and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our show today. A big thank you to our guests, Den Tamin and Randall Libero, and especially to you out there for listening. Randall, you have something you wanted to say? Well, I think we have a special announcement that you'll be hearing about very soon. It's going to be a big announcement coming up in the probably in the next several weeks, a couple months from now, that has to do with this program and Voice America. And it's going to be something that you, you definitely not want to miss. So keep listening to The Sexy Lifestyle because this will be the first place where we'll be talking about it. Wonderful. Thanks again. So join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle where we'll be talking about how to get your sexy back with Dr. 
Katie Schubert, our amazing intimacy expert. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. And next week, we're going to be at Hito Kamasutra. So stay tuned, everyone. Stay sexy. And until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 